It's a beautiful day in the gaming wood. A beautiful day for a gamer. Won't you be mine? Won't, Won't you, be, you mine? be mine? Won't you be a gamer? My gamer. <laughs> Hello, boys and girls. People of all genders. Do you ever have sad feelings? I do. And when I do, I like to play video games. That's what we're talking about today. You've arrived at Colette and Matt have entered the chat. A weekly conversation about video games, video game communities, online platforms, emerging technologies like augmented reality and virtual reality. You might even say virtual insanity by Jamiroquai. Circa 1995? I'm just guessing. Oh, man. Wow. Isn't that a great song? I'm joined, as always... By my co-host, the person whose name is in the title of the show, the the author, the editor, the writer, the podcaster, then and now, Colette Bennett. It me. Hey. Hey. What's going on? Not too much. Not too much. Uh, just kind of happy it's Thursday. We'll be happier <laughs> tomorrow when it's Friday kind of thing. You know? How about you? Sorry, listeners. We're in the past and you're in the present. It's great. It's great here before that that crazy thing happened where you're at, where you are. But right yeah. now on Thursday, it's amazing. <laughs> exact. <laughs> uh, I I'm 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 wandering around in the world of video games and I don't know where to settle. Well, tell me more. I will tell you more. You ever, you ever, f- you you know that that feeling we've talked about it where you're in, you're playing one single game and it consumes your whole mind. That's the that's the sweet spot. That's where I yes. always want Full to be. Full dopamine hyperfixation. Uh, and you, yes. are, I'm always chasing that. And then, like you, like you know, I'm I love Tears of the Kingdom as much as the next guy, but I feel like the I and you and the world has not given up or fallen off, but kind of cooled on it and set it aside. And that bums me out. And then simultaneously, I am have been searching for the next thing. And it's hard. So, it's hard so to, wait, co- to compare. Are you saying that you kind of faded naturally away from it? I'm, I'm at a point now where I am ready to confront the... I, I don't even know, but I'm ready to get into Hyrule Castle. I'm I'm in Hyrule Castle after completing what I presume are the for the four spokes of the main quest. Oh, okay. And I don't know if that's like, hey, gearing up for the final battle, or if that's like a preamble to other things. And then I'm also simultaneously have a laundry list of really awesome side quests that I would love to complete because I I do want to check all these things out. And then I, and then, so that's what's on the plate. And then I find myself itching for like, what if I, what if I did this? What if I checked out that and whatever? And so anyway, it's not, it's not a big deal, but uh, the kids are still into it. So they keep pulling me back to it, which is, which is great. So I was thinking about this topic and now that you're putting it out there, I'm going to jump in and say what Mm -hmm. I had been thinking, which is, this is still 
in my opinion, a beautiful game, but it's not a new game. And what I mean by that is not, it's, it, you know, obviously it's still a newish game, but that the presentation was not new. When mm -hmm. we first, when we first discovered Breath of the Wild, we had never experienced Zelda in this way before. Yes. And now we're experiencing Zelda in a way that we have experienced once before. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I wonder if folks like you and me who are like always looking for dopamine blasts are like, I like it, but it's not hitting the same note as it did when it was like that new new. It was it was full on dopamine blast in the beginning for a sustained period of time. The newness right. of it, the mechanical newness of it, let's say, right, was enough. And now that I now that we have sort of said, okay, I see what this game is capable of. I've done most of the mechanical things to do, and the rest is gravy, beautiful, fun, exciting gravy that you 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 want. You want to order the gravy, but then when you sit down, you're like, right, okay, it's a, it's more, it's a it's a lot of it's a lot more side quests that. Like your to your point, look and feel so similar to a, to a game we've already played. For sure, I hate to yeah, shit yeah. on it like that. No, I mean I don't think it's shitting on it. I think it's 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 something that was happening to me, and I was thinking about it happening to me, and I was like, interesting, this is mm -hmm. happening to me. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really reading a lot of discussion about it online, so it's it's not like I knew whether it was happening to other people, but I was just kind of thinking about it in my head. And now you're putting words to it. And I'm like, interesting. You had like, said it to me previously. So I knew where your head was at. I feel like I I arrived at this conclusion slower than you. I was much more into it for longer. Again, fueled by the fact that the kids really wanted to see me play it and play their own versions. Like My son is obsessed with it and will not stop, which is fine. I support him. And then my daughter was watching us both. But she's like, I want to start my own save. I'm like, yes get it you know <laughs> so she's having a blast and i'm like oh what's on sale on steam i gotta find something else you know so <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute oh be honestly uh, you know there are so many great things um on adhd but man like this particular one is in my opinion kind of a burden sometimes because you're like like I don't know. Yeah, sometimes it just is. That's it. That's you, that's, I can't, that's the thought. I yeah. I I know what you're saying, and I have not found a great way to articulate it. I know. I know listeners. Some listeners will understand what we're saying too. But it's it's like, do, I, it's like your mind feels itchy, and it you can't quite scratch the itch. You're searching for some sort of toothpick or fork or whatever to really get in there and scratch it but it's hard to find that thing and some games are like oh yes this is it and the rest are just like mm, what else you got yeah yeah i don't know it's weird but you know <laughs> it's okay because there are more games than ever before and i know that when i know that i will probably revisit Tears of the Kingdom. I know one day I'll be like, you know, I'm in the mood for a Zelda game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I, yeah. But like right at this exact minute in time, it's like, I don't know. I think Final Fantasy came along for me and I am still playing it, although I haven't played it in a few days because of something else that I'll talk about in a bit. Mm -hmm. 
but it just it came the, the timing is everything right and it's like it came at a time where i was like i really thought i wasn't even going to look at this game but oh my gosh i'm right. really excited about this game mm-hmm. and then i played it and it like has yet to f- like fail any expectations i'm still loving every minute of it and so it's kind of like timing like if nothing else had come out i think i just would have kept playing zelda yeah the best but, the best time the best experience is when you are not looking forward to it you have not heard of it or you didn't care about it and then you see it or find it somewhere and you're like what like so what the what you just described happened to me with subnautica subnautica was out for some time in early access i had not really seen it and i don't know why but i saw a youtube video or a twitch stream of someone playing it i'm like what is this what and i i just had to get it and as soon as i got it i'm like i need to stop watching any content about this game because oh my god i'm obsessed with this game and that it it became a game i had never heard of rapidly became one of my favorite games of all time and so i love that trajectory because we live in a in a cycle of hype and expectation and marketing and so you when you know something is coming for days weeks months years and then it comes there is almost like that um I don't know what the clinical term for it is, but it's like that, uh, you know, you hit, you get the massive dopamine hit and then you're immediately fall. You, you immediately come down from it. Right. And it's like, you're not disappointed, but you're like, oh, what's next? You know, whereas a surprise, a surprise joy is, can be more special sometimes. So yeah. hopefully that makes any sense. I know, I know you understand. Oh, I totally understand. I do. I do. And I'm like, well, it is what it is. Right. So Speaking of lots Spe- more games. <laughs> Speaking of it, it is what it is. Oh, I like that one too. <laughs> we were discussing if there are any topical news items to discuss, and d- there really is only one, one big one, which is, of course, that uh, Microsoft has seems to have cleared the majority of the regulatory pushback right. from. The EU, UK, and the US, which is the FTC and whatever, whatever. And they were supposed to close the deal by the 18th, which was a couple days ago, but they have extended it as of this week to they've given both parties what I what I recently learned was that if Microsoft could not close the deal by July 18th, they would have owed Activision billions of dollars and Activision could have walked away. I did not know that. So it was like, oh, there's this very intense rush to figure this out, and they couldn't figure it out, and then they extended it, and so now they have until, is it next month or is it October? I don't know. I mean, I should it's have October. It I think it's October. October 18th. That's right. I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they had to they had to get that 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 little extension. Um, but you know, there's obviously been quite a bit of interesting pushback. Um, so pushback in pushback in good ways for consumers and also some ways that are like, yeah, that's fine. But I find it misses the point of, um, anti-competitive antitrust right problems. So that's why I wanted to, I, I wanted to bring it up with you. I know you've written about it and covered it but maybe not as much lately. So 
What's what's right. what's your latest take on all this? And you know, I have my thoughts well, to chime in. I mean, you know, I I think my my approach is a bit different because I think of this as you know, to me, Activision Blizzard. Uh, you know, I always think of of the way that I first discovered them. I was never a big Activision fan, but I was a mm-hmm. huge Blizzard fan ever since Diablo two. And so I've kind of watched the company for, you know, a couple of decades. Sorry, and nobody, nobody is an Activision fan. I mean, uh, what, do I, what do I know? But like you play yeah, yeah. whatever you know like, oh, yeah. a, a game and it's like, oh, Activision, whatever. Who, who cares? But Blizzard came on the scene as like, we make Warcraft and we make yeah. Diablo and we are we are the people you go to for these types of games. And that is what made us Blizzard fans before activism blizzard was a thing please continue. yeah it's interesting I, I i mean honestly it's a whole interesting conversation about what activision was before mm-hmm. you know like bobby kotick decided to buy it and like, <laughs> all that stuff like it's it's interesting um but i won't go into that now so you know my perspective was that you know activision blizzard has seen some real you know fuckery um, with Kotick being at the head of a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last year was kind of a nightmare in that, you know, space. And I was like, you know, I really like Microsoft. It's it's a behemoth company. It's not perfect. Mm-hmm. But they've made a lot of decisions that, for me, have been, like, I've liked what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think they're... I don't look at them and see them as g- gross the way I see Activision Blizzard as gross yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like looking at Microsoft's history, you know, perfect example, right? You know, buying Minecraft and what it kind of turned Minecraft into. Yeah, that's it used its, yeah. used right. its muscle to kind of help Minecraft become this not only game, but like a tool, you know, that that teachers Truly use. globally accessible. It like w- w- without overstating it, like it turned Minecraft from like it was already very popular obviously it didn't it didn't bring it to the mainstream it was already mainstream but it turned it from a java p a pc java Ooh. application right. into a thing that runs on your fucking toaster right every right. human being on the earth can play minecraft on whatever is in their pocket and that is amazing right. and like my, like to your point microsoft could have fucked it all up but they oh, really totally. did most of it right by Minecraft, and they didn't can the Java version. I was, we were, at, sorry to, di- to divert. Mm. I was at a, we were at a family's house, and uh, we went on a little vacation, a little getaway, uh, staying over with some of my wife's family. And her cousin is twenty one, and he grew up playing Minecraft, and he's showing us uh, this world he's in with his with his friends, and he's having a great time. I'm like, and he's running the Java version on a gaming PC with custom shaders. And I'm like, this fucking rocks. And it, and he's doing it his way with his friends because they didn't deprecate the original Minecraft. They exactly. made global Minecraft for everyone, for kids, for families. But they said, hey, Java people, you can still have that too. And the, right. jo- the, the insane Java people like my cousin are like, look at this water. I'm like, this fucking water looks amazing. What are you doing? He's like, I got a shader pack off Discord. I'm like, this rules. Right. I love right, that. Yeah. So many cool things. So exactly like that. I respect them for all of that, right? 
And so it's like, to me, I felt like Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard could be a really, really good thing. I don't know what would happen to Kotick or if he would stay in his position. There's been all this talk about what might happen over the past year if you know this did happen kind of like you know oh he's kind of trying to distract people from all the terrible shit (laughs) he did and allowed to happen when he was you know during his tenure and all that it's like okay well you know maybe maybe but i overall i feel like blizzard specifically is in better hands Mm -hmm, with microsoft mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm That's how I feel. Um, In better hands. That's a phrase that I think is very important as we discuss what it means for consumers, what it means for fans, I think. And those are two, you know, there's a Venn diagram there, but there's two, you know, those are two different people. Um, Right. And then I I have other thoughts about the corporatization of all of it, but please proceed. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, of course, one of the things about it has been like, and this is a TLDR version, but like, you know, basically if this deal goes through, Microsoft becomes one of the big three, right? Yeah. Like it kind of vaults up the chain and allows it to kind of make up for its late entry to the gaming game. When you say big three, you mean big three game uh, publishers or big three tech companies? The top three publishers. Yeah. 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 So, you know, like... At that point, they can compete with, you know, Sony and Nintendo and like that, that puts them at the size that they need, they would need to be at. I think it's, I don't remember the last time I saw an actual like list, but I think it vaults them from like number four or five to like number one, basically. Yeah. Well, in terms of meaning, um, you know, and we're not looking at data here necessarily, but like in terms of a company that owns X amount of IP that generates X amount of dollars, meaning Mm -hmm. they own so, so many things, IPs that make money. And in in this case, probably most importantly, Call of Duty under Activision and Candy Crush under King, which is part of Activision Blizzard King, which is all Mm -hmm. that whole merger. Yeah. Uh, It's it's consolidation on top of consolidation. Um. What was interesting to me with all the European and um, U.S. uh, regulatory scrutiny was the focus was in two places. One on cloud gaming, which, uh, you know, is really important for the future. But I I don't. I it's. Microsoft is is not the winner, but they are at the forefront of that already. So I guess I didn't. I didn't fully understand what them owning more IP would mean for cloud competitiveness. And then that sort of discussion in whatever court system was kind of like, that's fine. Yeah, I don't I can't speak to that because I don't know the details of the cloud part of the picture. I think for me, I've mostly thought, well, a couple pieces, right? Like, you know, just general kind of ranking in terms of size and uh, you know, ownership of IPs and et cetera, mm-hmm. but also stuff like, you know, and I know this is a big concern with gamers in specific. It's like, okay, so, you know, let's say Microsoft, uh, you know, goes through, right? And so then they own Activision Blizzard. So like today you can play Diablo on PC or any yeah. console, but, you know, maybe Diablo 5 only comes out on Xbox, which to me, I don't... Uh, 
I don't really understand that. But like Microsoft did this for games developed by Bethesda. Mm-hmm. So right. that's, I think, part of the concern with some folks like, oh, no, like if I'm not an Xbox person, I have to buy an Xbox. But and this the is a different. That is, yes, you would. You would yes. have to buy one. Yes, but it's a di- it's actually it's a slightly I, I think we could we couldn't we should split hairs here because Starfield will be PC and Xbox exclusive. It will not be on PlayStation, at least for some time. Right. That's right. a sets a prestige single player, highly anticipated, whatever. A game that is an online game where most of the money is made through microtransactions or battle passes or skins or whatever. Um, and and the more important example here is Call of Duty. So that's the second piece of regulatory scrutiny. It was like, well, if you don't put Call of Duty on PlayStation, then people, then players can't access it. Like people have been playing Call of Duty on PlayStation for twenty years. Right. If you take that away, that's bad for gamers. And right. Xbox is like, why the fuck would we take this money, this massive cash cow, off of a huge platform? Their whole strategy is like, you could buy an Xbox or you could just play our games on anything. Get get Game Pass in the cloud. Get Game Pass on your phone. Get Game Pass games on a Switch. Their whole whole business is shifting away from proprietary ecosystems and moving to online platform, which is Game Pass. So that regu- that sort of pushback from the the courts or the governments was like what about this and they're like of course we wouldn't do that and so they're like oh great and they made this sort of public commitment like for the next 10 years we guarantee we promise that call of duty will be on playstation and xbox and pc and everywhere you know it will be and i think they're gonna right. port it port it to switch and right. the governments were like Oh, cool. Great. That means players can still have the choice of what to buy. And so that sort of satisfied the the regulatory inquiry. And my so I so here's here's my it's not a problem. Here's what I find interesting. From a game player consumer point of view, I'm with you. I'm thrilled. I can't wait for Diablo to be on Steam because right right or on game pass because xbox is is now will is planning to put all of their ip onto these ecosystems that i'm a part of because i don't own an xbox and i I don't have a need to buy one yep so i love this strategy as a player i'm so excited for this deal to go through but what i guess i don't understand from the regulatory thing is like yeah it's good for consumers you can play playstation on uh, or you can play call of duty on playstation check i'm like but the money still flows up to a single corporation. So if you right. look at the money on the table, and so the money used to f- the money for this game used to flow up to Activision, the money from this game used to flow up to Microsoft. Now it just all flows up to Microsoft. Now we're sitting here saying like Microsoft's pretty good. They seem like a good company. They they're making good decisions that we agree with. But I, I guess what I'm saying is fast forward 20 years and all the money is in one place. That's never good. I don't care how well, nice a guy Phil Spencer is. It's never a good idea. No, no. And I mean, that that is, I think, a large part of what the FTC is trying to battle. They they it rather it is seeing into the future and it is seeing exactly what you're seeing. And I think that's part of the fight. Um, Maybe and it, it, it's it's 
it's perfectly possible that that in I, fact I'm worried could be that true. they're missing that though. I what do I know? I'm not a legislator or a regulator, but I guess, I guess based on recent headlines, I'm concerned that they're that they're like, "Oh, wait, Call of Duty will be on everything? Oh, you can put games games will be everywhere for everyone? Oh, great. Go ahead. Have fun. Yeah. Do do go go with God." I worry that they're missing the whole like, "Oh my god, this is the biggest consolidation in in video games for sure." And maybe right. a top three consolidation in all of tech in the history of tech, and the and the and the and the it was a regulatory speed bump basically. And, and again, I, it's I'm the my feelings are so mixed because it's such a good deal for players, but I just don't know about ten years, twenty years from now. No yeah, I mean I don't either, and I think it would be hard for any of us to know. That's just too far away. Um, totally hear your concerns for sure, um, but I'll tell you, no matter what any of our concerns are, um, this deal's probably going to go through. Yes, for sure. So for it's sure. like, well, it's you know we can speculate our asses off, but that's what I think probably gonna happen we've we've talked about it here up to death like i love you and i love the steam ecosystem most Mm -hmm. most pc gamers are really happy with the ecosystem of steam because games are cheap Mm -hmm. steam input you can map it you can stream it you can play it on on a steam deck you can play it on pc you can play it on linux it's so it's such a consumer friendly platform and there are just these like holdout games that are like don't use steam come over here and play Fortnite. don't Mm -hmm. use steam come over to here to play diablo and like it's so great assuming microsoft follows their current strategy which is yeah halo day one you can get it here you can get on game pass you can get on steam you can buy get it from the, the windows store which yep. nobody uses. Yep. So like, I, you know, I will not be playing Diablo 4. Mm. But when it comes to Steam and I can download it straight to the Steam Deck without any hassle and it's and maybe it's on sale for 40 bucks instead of 60. Then, then you would. I'm yeah. I'm in. I'm yep. ready. I will spend yep. that money. Yeah. So I hear you. I they totally know. They have you. our number. They know what we what we're going to do. And yep. I'm here for it. Yep. So that's it. We'll be obviously that's- keeping an eye on all that as it comes down. Uh, why don't we take a, li- a little breather and then we'll uh, we'll talk about some particular games that we're enjoying. Yeah. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's do it. You said no Tears of the Kingdom, no Final Fantasy 16 recently in the past week. There's you are you are focused on a particular thing right now. Speaking of Diablo 4, mm-hmm. I have been playing with my friends, as I've said on our last couple podcasts, but I, I feel like, you know, we finished the campaign. That was fun. I was like, okay, you know, well, the season's coming. First season one is coming soon. And it was like, my friends and I were like, well, are we going to play? What are we going to do? You know, so uh, I looked at a rollout today. I, I The info had been out there, right? But like, I was like, well, I'm going to go look at a rollout of of exactly what all to expect um and it's it's really quite rich Mm -hmm. i have to say that Mm -hmm. they they definitely put a lot of thought into this content i think um so i'm like okay like little bit more robust 
than I was personally expecting. Um, so <laughs> nice. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll, I'll try this. It gives me the opportunity to try a different build. Um, yes. I don't really, you know, some people are super methodical and min maxi about their Diablo builds. I have never been that. I've been like, that looks fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's like kind of how I choose my skills when I mm-hmm. build a character. So I thought, well, I've already done that and that was fun, but maybe this time I'll try a build that I've read about online. I've heard good things about Druid, so I was like reading about some builds right before mm-hmm. because uh, just as a side for listeners that might not know, for um, for the seasons, you have to start a whole new character. Right. You do not have to uh, you do not have to start a you do not have to repeat the campaign. You can skip the campaign if you've already finished the game. Oh, oh, yep. You can totally skip it. So basically, I you just, just show up in the world. No, weird. Uh, no. That's just too repetitive, in my opinion. No. I would have been much less inclined to play it's a season. It's strange that they even offer. I guess some players. I could imagine some players being like, "Oh, I didn't. I didn't even do the campaign, or I just got the game." But I do. I'd rather play online. You know, I'd rather play seasonally. So let me just do this. Do the campaign as part of the season. I don't remember that being a thing in Diablo three. But I don't could remember be wrong. either. But that was also a while ago to me. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I may have forgotten. You Much know? longer for you. I, I yeah. feel like I played it relatively recently because I played the yeah, Switch Yeah, you did. You did. Um, so yeah, I don't. You know, I, I I don't really remember really well. But I know that you know. Like tonight when I play, I can just be like, oh, cool. Like I'm just going to start my new character and then bam, don't have to go through the campaign intro or any of that stuff because I can instead just chew into the new content that's going to be available. And there's quite a large quantity of it. So where do you start? You make a seasonal character, you skip the campaign and you're dropped into what? Like what's your primary goal to start? So basically the way they, they, what I thought was so interesting with it about it is that they kind of set it up like where you almost have like, like a whole new, a whole new section of quest based things to do. Now, one thing I'm not sure of is that I'm not really sure if it's like an addition to the key story of Mm. Diablo four, or if this is just going to be like completely like ancillary, but basically like, you're going to go through seven chapters in this season. And each of those season chapters is going to have like different objectives for you, different like story chunks for you. And then they're also introducing um, an item called malignant hearts. Hmm. Um, And so they're, they're like, they can completely basically like transform a build supposedly. Mm -hmm. Um, So like you'll only find them in the seasonal realm. And then to answer your question, like, so when you start, you have full, if you finish the original game, you have full access to the complete world of Diablo already. So your maps all filled in all that. So you're just dropped into that. And then like the season, the the way the seasonal goals work, they're going to move you all over that map. The malignant hearts basically start when you you go to Kiovashad, which is like the key town, the first big town you come to and kind of like the heart heart of the map, I guess. It's in the middle. And you will speak to an NPC who will send you on this season one quest line that, where you hunt these enemies and you collect their hearts and they're called malignant hearts. Mm-hmm. And so if you capture one, you're able to modify your build 
with the malignant hearts, uh, there's four different types and it's like offensive power, defensive power, superpower, and one other power. I can't remember exactly which one that is, but it's kind of complex and interesting. Like it's, so like it, you do socket them into things, mm-hmm. but like it has to match like socket types yeah, and like, sure. like they, they basically like, if you ever like, if you have an item and it doesn't have a socket that will fit a malignant heart, you can go to the jeweler and have them like modify it for a price. Okay. Yeah, sure. So like, you know, it's That's not cool. like you're just like, Oh fuck, I'm stuck. You're with not this stuck. Stuff. If you grind. Yeah. I love that where it's like, okay, yeah. I, I miscalculated the build, but if I do a little more grinding, I can get enough s- coins to then modify and then fit mm-hmm. things together. Yeah. I, that's great. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. So and then, yeah, like basically the way that it all works is, you know, you're each of the of the objectives in each chapter are definitely going to have like story stuff for you. OK. Um, now, I haven't really read any spoilers or anything. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's all already. I think it's I think it's live already um, went live during my workday. So I haven't Meaning seen like, it yet. Like each subsequent season of this game will add lore to the game. I think it adds lore. I'm not cool. clear like how this might directly connect to like the main story or if it does it all or if it's almost like side quest style. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I feel like I won't really fully grasp that until I've actually played, which I plan to either do version is cool. I, I, again, my right. memory of my memory of post game Diablo three is remains hazy, but like, I, I only remember it being like, do these rifts and get more powerful to do more rifts. There was no like story content in the right. S- I don't even and think may- I did maybe there stuff. isn't story content. I I'm just to be clear, I'm not a hundred percent clear yet. Like I'm looking at my outline here, and it definitely has like objectives, but you have to complete chapters of objectives. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, is there story woven through there? Or is there not? Is it just like, hey, here's a bunch of shit you can do? Like, is it like achievements, you know, where like you have to get these challenges? So I don't know how that's going to look yet. Um, But I I mean, obviously, I'll talk about it next week when we're back here. I will say that I'm looking forward to it, at least. Like, I'm like, well, this looks pretty like robust and neat. And I am not like having to pay anything else to have this experience. Yeah, like no, it's I've just part paid of it. my big chunk and mm-hmm. I've, uh, yeah, that's, I'm going to go try it out. So will it is kind crew, of fun, you know, will you and your, will, will your whole crew all create new seasonal characters and embark yep. on season one together? Great. Yep. Love we it. had already planned to do it. So, uh, tonight that's we great. will, we that. will all do that. I mean, it's a small group. It's only me and two other people, but mm-hmm. like, you know, honestly, like for me, it's like, okay, that's, yeah. that's fine. There's that's fine. With better me. than that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, it's nice. Like I've said, I've said this before. Sometimes I just really want to just, you know, I've had a really busy work day and I don't want a game that's going to require me to do a lot of like deep thinking. No, you just gr- You have a goal. You, I just want to grind and chill and laugh yeah. with my friends yep. and do my thing. And like, that's, that's all I want to do. I don't know if I asked you this, but are you sitting at a, at your desk, mouse and keyboard, or are you kicking back with a controller no. somehow? I actually originally bought it on PC, yeah. and then I was oh, like, "Oh, you switched over." 
I thought about it and I was like, yeah. ah, I don't want to sit at my desk. Yeah. And especially to be so social, you know. So now Patrick and I can sit together on the couch and play and um you just, you know, turn on your your party mic from yep. your controller and you hear mm. your person you're playing with remotely talk out of the controller. Yeah. So that's pretty much just how I do it. I love it. All right. So this is PS5 and is uh-huh. cross play uh oh, yeah. is it cross platform, right? Oh yeah, cross everything. So is everyone uh so that that party chat is that that's in game and you're just hearing it in you're like you're not you don't uh-huh. have to make a discord or whatever like it's all Oh no, no, it's in. all built right Lovely. in. Like you invite people from within, you know, the game, within BattleNet, the yep. BattleNet portion of the game. Uh, you know, they can accept your invite and then you have a little option where you can click in and you can hit party chat and it clicks on and you hear the person's voice coming out of your PlayStation 5 controller and that's it. Side note, um, did you begin the game on PC and then did you bring your progress over through Battle.net? No, I canceled my pre-order and redid it before the game even came out. No, you made the right choice. I love just like kicking back on the couch with friends coming through the mic like that's beautiful. Yeah, that's what I wanted. And I mean, I don't. You know, I, I've kind of got the same issue that I've talked about on the show before. I don't really want to sit at my desk, you nope. know, like after I've spent the whole day at my desk and that yep. still applies. I sometimes play Steam Deck stuff, but lately I've just been up into a lot of console stuff and mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. been where it's at. For sure. Um, so, so yeah, so I will probably play a bit of that tonight and then over the weekend probably during the day or i like to wake up sometimes in the morning and just like spend a few hours on a game i'm enjoying that's nice that's nice uh i will probably play uh some final fantasy and kind of connect back with that story which i haven't been in like a big big rush to go through like i'm still playing and enjoying but i i'm not i don't know i guess i just i don't I don't feel like I have to hurry through it. It's very rich and I really am enjoying that. So, you know, I'll get back to that when I am ready to get back to that. How is the controller configuration for Diablo 4? Like, I'm sure it's fine, but are you finding it to be very intuitive and comfortable, et cetera? It's so intuitive that I've never once thought about it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Beautiful. Can't can't complain about that. All right. So, so tonight, yeah. so that we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, evening. Yep. So tonight's the night. Like it's it's live, and you're you're oh, yeah. you're diving in tonight. Yeah. For I sure. told my friends I will be there at six thirty p.m. Yeah. and we will roll. Yeah. So, yep. That's amazing. That's what I'm gonna do. All right. Well. Uh, so a- any other anything else kicking around? Any like mobile games on the side or no? Like I mean these this is these two things have really kind of encompassed my gaming life the last few weeks. So no, not at all. This is Beautiful. it. Beautiful. This is it for me. Nice. Uh, let me tell you about uh, two video games. Uh, relatively briefly, one. Every now and then I, I, I take a peek at the, the list of Netflix mobile games, which is like, hey, are there any like cool indie premium games that normally would cost you six bucks, ten bucks on an app store? But hey, log in with Netflix and they're they're free to you because that's, you know, I, it's, it's a kind of a in a game passy sort of way. It's kind of like I would, I'd never buy this. I'd never even play this, but I could just it's free. You could just get it. Try it out. Give it a whirl, and it's it's nice. It's it's it occasionally will expand my um, my gaming palette, which is is never a bad thing. So I took a peek at 
uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, which has been out for a little while, but was somewhat recently made the deal with Netflix to become a Netflix uh, uh, exclusive mobile game. Okay. So I was like, all right, look, I loved, love and love Shovel Knight, the game, which is, um, if you haven't played it or seen it, it, it's like this indie darling from a while back, which is a 2D side-scrolling platformer combat game, very much a, I don't know that it's a Metroidvania, but it it feels a lot like NES DuckTales. It's like oh, linear, wow. linear levels with a lot of secrets and very engaging combat because the shtick is that you're a knight with a cool helmet and instead of a sword, you have a shovel and you can whack the bad guys with a shovel, but you can also bounce on the shovel a la uh, Scrooge McDuck. Like, yeah, with his little umbrella. Correct. That's great. So it it just has, you know, it, it, and also a bit like Zelda 2 NES uh, in that side-scrolly combat way. Oh, yeah, way. the little sword bounce. The little sword bounce and sort of going into towns and talking to weird villagers who are give, saying weird things to you and you're like... like <laughs> who may or may not lie to you. Exa- exactly. <laughs> that. So it has a lot of that DNA that made that game... A, a hit and a darling uh, and i loved it and it was great on switch it like was a, a great switch port anywho they made a uh, and, and i i was thinking about how to talk about it here and i'm gonna really struggle to explain this game because it looks and seems like it looks and seems like a i don't even know if a match three game is the correct term I've never actually played Candy Crush, so I don't really know the mechanics of a Candy Crush. <laughs> You'll know better. But like, you know, it's not Tetris, but it's a Tetris-ish thing where j- objects are falling down in a grid and you are trying to match them up so that they disappear, right? Okay. Whatever that is called. However, and I don't really seek those games out. I don't really like love them per se like i'm not into those kind of games but the reason this is different and a bit more interesting to me is that you are not um you're not controlling the pieces you're controlling your knight and you're moving along the grid by swiping you know up down left right on your phone and you are attacking enemies and objects that are next to you and as you attack them if you attack an enemy you do damage to the enemy and the enemy does x amount of damage to you and that all depends on how strong the enemy is how strong you are what power-ups you have equipped what what character you're using etc etc but the point is if an enemy has two hearts let's say you have to hit them let's say you do one damage you have to hit them two times and hopefully you can withstand two of their attacks and then you destroy the enemy as you as you okay let me back up Time moves, I'm going to call it ticks, okay? Because time moves in real time. If you do nothing, the blocks will fall. Tick, 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 tick. But they will also move at the speed that you move and attack. So if you do nothing, you will lose. But if you attack and move, it also progresses time. It ticks the time. And by moving and attacking, you are making your way through the dungeon. So it's the grid-based Tetrisy gems, uh-huh. you know, whatever. But at the top, your character is progressing from the beginning of the dungeon to the end of the dungeon. 
So okay. you have to keep moving in real time to both advance the level, get out of the way of things, and survive. The main mechanic is fight an enemy, kill it, but then I'm wounded, so I need to move away and find a potion. Potions are one of the objects that will fall down. So you have to constantly be attacking and then healing yourself, attacking and healing yourself. So getting back to that. So now that you understand like how the grid is moving, let's say an enemy has two hearts, you do two damage, you destroy the enemy. It advances the level, right? Mm -hmm. But if that enemy is connected in a chain to multiple others of that enemy, if you kill any single one enemy, regardless of how many hearts the other enemies in the chain have, you wipe out the whole chain, which then also it clears a lot of the level, which is good. And it advances like some sort of gem meter. So the point is, if you're moving fast and chaining enemies together very quickly, you're generating a lot more gems than you would if you were kind of like mm, poking okay. at them piecemeal one at a time. So it becomes this very fast paced strategy of like, Okay, get out of the way. Oh, get move. Let this skeleton fall down. Tick, tick, tick. Okay, get him from the side. Boom, chained five skeletons together. Okay, now my meter's really high. Boom, boom, I got to heal. Okay, get around, back, back, back. So it's this very frenetic game, which I really liked. I really liked how it was shaping up. Then on top of that, add in treasure chests that fall. But you can, and when you attack them, you can't open them unless you've also gotten a key so you have to move around to find like where's that key okay got the key hit the key then move back around break some blocks get some skeletons okay i'm still alive heal 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 boom open the treasure chest the treasure chest is a random thing item that you've unlocked from previous runs and here's where it becomes very much of a of a hades roguelite run based thing so so again i'm 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 trying to explain how this game looks and feels to then back around and say it's if Candy Crush Tetris meets roguelike or excuse me, road roguelite Hades-esque dungeon runs. And that's why those two things combined are like, yeah, this is very cool. So you fail, you die, the, the level gets filled up with enemies, you you didn't beat them fast enough, and you're dead. You go back to the camp. And because you've chained together a lot of chains, you then have gems to spend on ran uh, upgrades that will then appear randomly in the dungeon. And this is where I think it's very fun and very interesting, but can also be frustrating because you're like, I just made 10,000 gems and I can go to the shop and I can unlock this awesome power up that I may never see on my next three runs. And mm. that is kind of where I'm like, I get it. I get what this game is. I understand why it's fun. I'm having fun, but I'm like four to five levels in and I've defeated a few bosses, which then minor spoilers, when you beat the bosses, those characters then join your team and you can play as those characters and they all have different abilities. So again, it's like unlocking different weapons in Hades. Oh, the bow is cool and has these powers and these I can synergize with this. Or if I choose the sword, I can do this, but I have to play differently so the the knight is like does one damage and he's got a lot of health and the plague doctor has less health but if you hit the enemies once you can move away from them and they will slowly poison as the ticks go down and it's like okay this is a totally this character has a totally different play style it's a great game it's on netflix so it's basically free if you have netflix 
I do. And I, I didn't play the original Shovel Knight. This, I think this game might have drifted in my very, like, bare, like I, I think I knew it existed, but I've never totally. even looked at video of it. Yep. And like you said at the beginning, right? Like, you know, it's completely free to try. So it's like you're more likely to try it. But like after hearing the way you've been describing it, I think I'm actually going to download it. And you try should it. get it. I think you'll love it. And I would be curious. It's so I've been playing it a lot for the past week. And I kind of got to a point the last couple of days where I'm like, I, I am not making the progress that I wish I was making. Oh, this is what it is. I, I, I think I just suck at it. I truly think I am bad at this game. So I'm got new characters. I've unlocked a lot of stuff. I should be progressing. And I'm very often dying miserably on level one. I hop back into the mm. game. I'm like, I've beaten the fourth boss but I'm getting my ass kicked on level one. I, I think I'm just bad at it. So I I would be interested to see if you kind of like, if it really hooks you. It's a, it's a fantastic casual game. You're like, I'm waiting in line. I'm drifting off to sleep. Let me do one run. Let me get as far as I can. I'm not going to be my best because I'm, I'm dozing off. Got 5,000 gems. Back to camp. Great. Progress was made. Right, right. Right. Super cash. Super. I casual. like that though. I, I actually really like that. And maybe this is a way for me to actually kind of experience Shovel Knight, which I never experienced before. But one question I have is, am I wrong or was Shovel Knight known for being hard? Yes. And I also did not finish the original Shovel Knight because it definitely has that like NES platformer brutality especially in the mid mid to late game. So I got my money's worth out of Shovel Knight, but I do recall being like, fuck this spike platform, whatever the fuck. And I just kind of walked away from it. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of wondering, like, you know, you were saying, well, am I, do I just suck at this? And I'm like, well, is it purposely hard, just like the ori- original game was purposely hard? Uh, yes, I, I think this is a very, it is it is a challenging game. And I'm playing on like the default difficulty. You can ramp the difficulty way up from where I am. So again, I'm just bad at it, but I recognize that it's a, this is a really fun game. And like, I don't know, I'm impressed with uh, it's the studio's Yacht Club games. I, I assume they've made other things, but they're like, Shovel Knight is this big IP that they have now. They made a great platformer. They're like, you know what? Let's make a, let's make a match three game. Like, what would that look like? And uh, they did it. It's it's really excellent. One other note: uh, the soundtrack is great. the The Shovel Knight theme song is a great piece of music, and it's they bring it back and kind of mix it up in the mobile game. Not like you're listening to the sound on a mobile game usually, but I love it. I love the Shovel Knight really? music. It's so okay. good. It's so good. Well, uh, this is awesome. This is this is basically kind of like a rave review for something that I don't think I would have even really known it existed. So that's that's awesome. I'm I'm gonna try it. Get it. Log in with Netflix. Uh, come on back and and let me know uh, how you fared. The other one that I want, I'm very eager to tell you about, and I I wonder if this came across your radar through I don't know if it was Wholesome Games or or one of those indie showcases. But have you seen Viewfinder? I don't think so. Okay. Um, take, but... take a peek at this um, because I, re- I remember seeing it somewhere and was like, oh, wow, this, this is really special and then forgot about it. And then I saw a thread on Reddit recently. 
last week and it was like the reviews for viewfinder are in and they're all nines they're all tens they're all like rave 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 reviews i'm like huh you know what i'm gonna get it it came out two days ago two three days ago and i was also like this is a very uh low low in it's a beautiful game but it it the the the, the requirements on steam are like a computer i'm like great this will run on a steam deck <laughs> <laughs> a screen Funny. right uh literally it does not even list a graphics card so it, it's a 3d game and it's a beautiful game but it's not it doesn't seem to be resource intensive I'm like i bet this will run on a great on steam deck it does it's a perfect steam deck game it's amazing on steam deck i think i brought the frame rate down to 50 to like because it was it was doing 60 very nice until it wasn't and so i i like Brought it down a little bit, lowered the shadows, and now it's like spectacular on Steam Deck. Wow. So Viewfinder is a game where you are in some sort of dream world simulation. There is a loose story, which I don't really care about, and I won't Mm -hmm. spoil any of it. But needless to say, your character is in some sort of like very trippy MC Escher-esque world. Okay. And you're just trying to get from 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 world to world it uses teleporters so the, the premise of the game v- very similar to portal is i'm at point a the world is is like a puzzle box and i need to get to the teleporter b which is somewhere else that i can't reach until i until i use activate the systems in the game mm. and the core system as you might have surmised from watching any footage of this game is that anytime you acquire or create a photograph or a painting a two-dimensional piece of paper that has a picture on it you can hold up the picture you can rotate it and you can place it in the air and the moment you place it it becomes part of the world and you can walk into the picture and proceed into the level that's neat that's super neat and I, there's no way for me to verbally explain how amazing and satisfying it is to see that and do that. But all you have to do is look at the trailer for this game viewfinder. And it's like, Oh, I'm at the edge of a, this, this bridge is broken and there's no way for me to jump across. There's a photograph of like an art studio that has a floor, but the floor is on the side. And so you pick up this photograph and you rotate it and then you place it. And all of a sudden you can walk across the bridge because you have placed the, you have placed the bridge into existence through the photograph. I can't, it's hard to describe it any other way. And what you start, and as the puzzles start to ramp up again, very much like portal, you're like, how could I possibly get from all the way up there? And then, and then as you're in there, you're like, Oh, if I place a portal here and fall through and zip, but then I'm going to fly up. Like that's the sort of Eureka moments of, of portal or, and similar games. It's the same with this one of like, this photo wants me to go here, but if I actually place it here, I can place it in the sky, which then if, and it's crooked. So then gravity will bring the, the, there's some puzzles that are like, I need three batteries to activate the teleporter. So it's like, I'm I'm here. I'm at the teleporter. I don't need to reach this place, but I need to power it. So it's like, okay, I can see in this photograph that there's a battery in the photograph. So if I place the photograph above me and let the battery fall down to the ground, then I get the battery. And so it's all about using space. 
it's all about turning 2D uh, images into three-dimensional space. I have not even now I have not even gotten the camera. The main hook of this game is that you can now then take a Polaroid of anything and then place the Polaroid anywhere and then that becomes part of the 3D world. I don't even have the camera yet. I'm still hmm. finding random photographs on the floor. So where I presume the game really hits its stride is like, oh shit, I can take a picture of anything and put it anywhere. Uh, the way you can, the way in Portal you can, oh shit, I finally have the Portal gun. Now I can shoot a Portal anywhere and pop out anywhere within limits. And that sort of, I don't know. So I'm excited to hit that point. Uh, and I haven't even hit that point yet. And I, I, I probably played it for two hours. Well, fun fact, um, according to Steam, you have an hour left to play because yeah, it's a game. Yeah, I think it's very game, short. It's very short. Some people are like, not worth it for $25. That's the, that's the criticism. It's $25. And, well, you know, that's interesting to me, though, because it's like, okay, think about this. Some 60 and sometimes even going up to $70 games are 10 to 12 hours long. Yep. $25 is a fraction of that. And if you kind of were to do the the fractions, you might find <laughs> right. that it's like, okay, three hour game at $25. So wait, okay. Three hours at $25 would mean that $12. No, wait, wait. 12 <laughs> hours would cost you $100. Right. Right. So, but somehow some way the brain yes. perceives this as too expensive at $25. Because it's, it's like a, weird. It's like a diminishing returns of like, it's not hour for hour. It's like when I, buy, when I buy my hours in bulk at $60, I'm getting a bargain. But if I'm buying only three yeah. hours at 25, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's, I get it's it. interesting. It's almost like like I'm looking at that and noticing that and thinking to myself, like, it's it's almost like that's a whole topic all on its own. It it's is. worth discussing about like our mental value assignments yes. of yes. of, of what we think is worth what. Especially you know, like, in a world where I could buy, you know, Terraria for five dollars and right. play it for three hundred hours. Like those games are both on Steam. Which one will I get? I, that's an interesting discussion. I love that. Yeah, it it, it is. It is. And uh, I yeah, people are weird about this stuff. I feel mm -hmm. like somewhere, some way, there's a connection to like how a person won't buy a thing, but then if it's on sale, they'll find more and more reason to buy it the cheaper it gets until if it's like $3.99. Mm -hmm. It could be like something you would never need in life. And you'd be like, I'm going to buy it because it's on it's on deep yes. discount. It's like there's a there's got to be like a big psychology. And then, piece yes, there. and the reverse of that, I think it's a very it's one of those anecdotal stories from like a psych 101 textbook. But it's like I will always remember this. I think I heard it in college or something. It's like there used to, like there would be it might have been like the Hare Krishna folks who would sell trinkets in the airport. Right. Mm, mm -hmm. As like people would come into a new country and they'd sell like cultural souvenirs or whatever, or whatever, not even sell. But when they would stand at the ed, at the out at the entrance, the exit of an airport and they had a table full of trinkets and they were giving them away for free. And everyone would like pass them by. They'd say, who cares? Get out, get out of here, whatever. The minute they started charging $5, people were like, oh, what's this? Oh, $5. That's so cheap for this really like authentic thing that these 
these what? people from this country. And that was like a psychological, that was a notable psychological study of like, by ascribing values, at least some little bit of value, a thing becomes very worth it. But when it's free or cheap, it's like, nah, I don't need that. You know, which is the opposite of what you just said. But it's 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 like a, I don't know, both of those forces are at play for games, especially digital games. And that is fascinating to me. Yeah, it really, it is. And then I think there's also a bigger piece here where like I see games as a form of like interactive art. Yeah. And like a lot of artists, this is a something I've heard a lot from my fan artist friends, like within like the BTS fan art community, mm. people will often be like offended if you try to sell your art or put a price tag on your art, mm-hmm. like art should be free. Mm-hmm. And I feel like surely that crosses over somehow some way into like oh like you know why should i have to pay 25 dollars for something that only lasts three hours because people worked on that and 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 maybe those three hours are the most mind-blowing if i'm sitting at my steam deck grinning uh, we've talked about this you know you you know those games where you're playing you're you know you're playing Diablo, you're like, click, 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 yes, level up, grind, 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 okay. And then there's other games where you're like, oh, whoa, you audibly like gasp when something surprising or interesting happens. If I'm doing that for three hours, money well spent. Right, for I see it the same way. And I mean, I've said this on the show before too. This is the reason why sometimes if I'm playing a free mobile game and I get to a point where I could spend money, mm-hmm. if I'm having a good time and I mm-hmm. want to spend the money, I don't mm-hmm. feel bad about spending the money because nope. I was already... I, I got your money's com- worth. Right, like I'm like, well, why not? I'm having fun. And there may be a point where I don't have fun and that's fine. Right. But like, I, yeah, that doesn't phase me in any way. So yeah, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, we could go on and on on the topic. I love it's, this topic. It's interesting. Yeah. A- anyway, I, so in conclusion, I'm really impressed with Viewfinder, and my my parting question is like, do these games appeal to you? Meaning the other comparison point, and I've actually never played it, but I've watched a lot of footage, and I I think I watched a speed run of it, and it's also a similarly mind blowing game. It's called Superliminal. Are, have you seen that or are familiar with that? I think Superliminal is on a wish list somewhere because sure. of, yeah, like I wanted to play it, but have not. It's, it's, I think actually I, it's funny. Portal is the, is the cultural touchstone for these type of games because it truly revolutionized like what physics, physics and 3D space can be in a video game. Uh, and so, and then Superliminal took that to a in a different direction, mm-hmm. which is like, I'm gonna pick up this chess piece, this pawn off a table, and it's tiny, but if I look at it in the air and then let it go, it's enormous in the room, and I can you then use that enormous thing to climb up it and go to the next level, and and right. so it changes your perspective on what 3D space is and what can be viewfinder is more like that of like this is a 2d photograph of a hallway and when i place it in midair i can then walk through the hallway because and there wasn't a hallway there previously yeah there was um, i'm yeah i love that kind of thing and i was completely unaware of this game so i probably am going to check it out now that you've mentioned it but there was a really cool um 
ser- series is not the right word section in persona five where you mm. had to pursue someone through a series of paintings oh, and yes. the paintings interacted with like the real world to the painting world. And Love it. it's kind of reminding me of that same thing. Totally. So yeah, totally. it was just really, really cool. So I, I, in conclusion, I'm getting my $25 worth uh, with viewfinder and I only seek out these, it's essentially a puzzle game, um, and I don't really love puzzle games, but when they're very, very mind-bendy, Clever, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's when, I, that's when I'm ready to put my time and money into it, so I'm, yeah, I'm loving no, it. Yeah, no, I get it. I totally get it, and that's totally awesome. I'm, I'm glad you found something that like clicked for you like that, and now I will go and see if it, I like it too. I see what you did. You clicked. Right? Like a photo. I get it. <laughs> That's it for now, because uh, Colette needs to play some Diablo 4, but I will I will leave it to you. Final words, final thoughts before we get out of here. I have a friend that jokes with me. He also sometimes plays Diablo with me, Diablo games in general, not just 4. And he calls, he says when it's time to play Diablo 4, he's like, well, time to go do some demon fisting. <laughs> so uh i am glad we're wrapping up this podcast so i can get to my evening demon fisting because i thought you guys would get a giggle out of that and i was right <laughs> we have the show title we'll see you next time bye, bye. <laughs>